In Plain Sight is a Health Canada audio series that explores the personal stories of people affected by the opioid crisis. The most recent data shows that every day approximately 12 people die from opioid overdoses in Canada. We see this on the news. We know that it's happening. We know that it's real, yet we tell ourselves that it couldn't happen to the people we know, the people we work with, the people we love, that it couldn't happen to us. The reality is the opioid crisis is happening right before our eyes, in plain sight, and it can affect anyone. There are thousands of stories waiting to be heard. On vacation down south for his 40th birthday, Kirk ventured off resort with a hotel staffer for a drink to celebrate the occasion. The night took a dark turn when the car pulled into the parking lot of an abandoned restaurant where a threatening group was waiting. Fearing for his life, Kirk fled and climbed a fence across the street, slicing open his hand. He made his way to a local hospital where his hand was treated and sewn up. But when he returned to Canada, doctors discovered that his injury was severely infected. They rushed to save his hand. Kirk underwent four surgeries and a year of physical therapy to regain the use of his hand. He was also prescribed opioids to help manage his pain. Let's listen to Kirk's story. When I was in the hospital, uh, seen by uh, a pain team on a regular basis, they manage a person's pain levels. And after each surgery, I was given a morphine pump for a short time and then treated with perhaps morphine injections and uh, also other pills such as opioids, such as OxyContin and medication like that to control the pain, which I thought was a good thing because it was giving me more mobility. It was giving me the strength and pain tolerance to do this stretching and grasping with my hand in physiotherapy that went on for about a year. So once I was out of the hospital, I continued to see my family doctor and, and she took over the pain medication that was in my mind, really, I thought that was the only option to get through all this pain I was experiencing. So I was started on a regular dose, first started off with a fentanyl patch, and that changed to the OxyContin, Percocets, and many other different forms of medication. And again, the goal was to control this pain, get me back to work, and I had young children at the time, so really trying to work through the pain and so on. As time went on, and yes, I did make it back to work and did continue on with looking after my young family along with my wife. At the time, my children were three and five years old, young boys, active boys. So I kept thinking that this medication was helping. It was giving me the mobility. It was helping me control the pain. I always felt that the medication would get me closer to, my goal was always to get to zero pain. As time went on, I realized that wasn't a very realistic goal. And if I would have understood that taking medication, especially opioid pain medication as prescribed, that early on my body was becoming habituated to this medication, that it was becoming addicted to the medication. I didn't realize that, and I also didn't realize that getting to zero pain was maybe not a realistic goal, even though that's what I was always striving for. So several, I don't remember the exact timing, but 
as time went on, I understood that you know, this pain was ongoing. I made it into a pain clinic at St. Joe's, which was fantastic. I also realized that there was other residual effects from this experience. And one of the main ones that I understood was PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, was something that I was suffering from and that I was treated with by my psychologist, which was great to get that understood and in control, which was great once we came to that solution. So I continued to take the medication. I was at the pain clinic and we tried all sorts of different things such as ketamine infusions, a whole host of other medications. And what I realized after about eight and a half years of treatment was that I totaled the medication and it was up over 600 scripts of various medication in an eight and a half year period, which was astounding to me. It came to me one night as we were sitting in our home. I said to my wife, Anna, I said, Anna, I said, I am done with this medication. Finished. And she said, well, what do you mean? And I said, I'm getting so many side effects from these opioids. I said, there's got to be a better solution. And she said, well, what's your solution? And I said, my solution is stopping the medication. I felt at a certain point with the opioids that it was making my pain worse. And in fact, after eight and a half years of use, it was making my pain worse. So I came up with this plan. My initial plan was to just stop the medication. Cold turkey, if you will. And I, I presented this to both my pain specialist, my family doctor, and they both agreed that this wasn't a good idea to just stop the medication. I'd be putting my body through too much trauma your body gets uh, addicted to opioid medication after a very short amount of time. So it wasn't a good option to just quit cold turkey. So I thought of what else could I do? And then I started reading about tapering. What tapering is, is taking your medication that your body is accustomed to and gradually reducing the medication on a very slow rate. It's called a long taper. And so I did do that, and I did come in with a plan to my doctors and presented it to my family doc, and uh, she agreed. She agreed with the plan and the timing. So initially, I was taking my medication down 10 milligrams every three weeks, and each time I would take it down, I would get nauseous, I would get sick, sweating, really feeling just awful for many days. And there wasn't much I could do about it. I just had to fight through this. And I kept anchoring my end goal to things like my children, to things like you're going to get back to your normal life is what I kept telling myself. So I really was fighting against this medication and really made the medication in my mind the enemy. So the medication was the enemy and I was anchoring this taper to my children and getting to zero was my goal. And I kept thinking that I got to get there. So every three weeks, I'd get sick as I reduced the medication. I would become a, a little bit better as time went on. I didn't miss any work. I kept going to work. So as time went on, this whole process took about seven months to get to zero. But probably about midway through it, I thought, well, this is just taking too long. I need to increase the duration. And what I mean by that is... Instead of tapering every three weeks, I wanted to taper every two weeks because I felt that this process was taking just too long. So I did it to two weeks 
And I eventually got to my goal after seven months in 2016. Thankfully, I made it to zero. So when I got to zero, I was expecting this veil of opioids, as I often call it, this cloudiness that opioids caused, all these side effects and so on, affected my memory and, and many other parts of my life. I thought it was all going to disappear when I got to zero, when in fact it didn't. It took me about nine months from the point of zero, nine months beyond that, to really feel normal again, to feel like I was before the medication, before my injury. So that was very surprising to me. I, I wasn't expecting that. And as I was going through this process, often I'd ask my doctor, doctors, well, hey, what about this? What about that? And it wasn't like they didn't have the answer, but it was more of a, a textbook answer. And they had never gone through a taper, and I definitely didn't expect them to go through a taper. What I was looking for was I was looking for a person that has done a narcotic taper successfully. I was looking to call them up or something like that to have access to a person that has done this because I felt like that was the missing link. I was motivating myself to do this, but it was long. It was painful at times. I was questioning whether I was going to make it to zero. Thankfully, I did make it to zero, but the only missing part, if, if I could do it over again, was I was looking for access to a person or people that have done this successfully, and I, I could not find that. So I did do it on my own, and my doctors were absolutely amazing, but I do feel like the missing portion of this was that a lot of my doctors didn't seem like they had experience in, in opioids. They were Yes, supportive, but a little bit, I wasn't sure if they thought I could do it sometimes. I'll use the example of when I initially suggested to my doctors that a taper was the direction I was going in, one doctor suggested that Suboxone was the right solution for me. And Suboxone is an opioid medication that a lot of folks try when they're tapering. So there was the Suboxone solution from one doctor and the other doctor disagreed with this direction and he suggested that I don't take Suboxone, that a long taper would be the right solution. So at this point, I became a little researcher and everything, every medication, every direction that doctors were suggesting, I became, myself and my wife became an advocate for ourselves, our solution, as to what is the best solution for us. And we came up with that Suboxone was not the right direction and that the long taper was the right direction. So maybe at the time, the doctors, you know, there wasn't a lot of patients coming up and there wasn't a lot of tapering really being discussed. And, you know, really overall, I think my experience was very positive. Thankfully, my doctors saved my hand. What I wish is I wish that I came to the conclusion that getting to zero opioids was the right solution for me quicker. Became very disruptive in my family life, in my work life, and it took me a very long time to realize that being on no medication is the right solution. When I speak publicly, a lot of times doctors or other folks in the audience will ask, well, compared to when you were on medication, versus now, how does your pain differ? And they're surprised to hear that my standing pain, the pain that I have right now, 
sitting talking today is very similar to the standing pain that I had while I was on medication. So it fascinates me that the medication really wasn't helping me as much as I thought it was. And, you know, like a lot of pain patients, the medication becomes a crutch and it just becomes a habit of doing it for eight and a half years. You think that it's helping. Where the medication did help was, especially when I did physical activity, the pain spike that I experience now is likely worse than it was before, but I don't have all these side effects that I experienced where the mood swings and it was affecting my ability to think and remember things. Tapering off his medication worked for Kirk, but it is important to remember that recovery and chronic pain are complex they can affect individuals very differently. Chronic pain can have adverse and life-changing effects on a person's ability to function and on their mental health. When taken as directed by their healthcare professional, prescription opioids can help patients experiencing pain manage their conditions and allow them to lead full and productive lives. However, as with all medications, opioids can come with risks and potentially dangerous side effects and it is important to discuss how best to manage your pain with your healthcare provider. Kirk hopes his story will encourage people to work with their doctors to find a solution that works best for them. I'm not advocating that everyone needs to get to zero opioids. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that through education, through experience, I came to the realization of my solution and so when I speak about pain and tapering and opioids, it's all about trying to open up that avenue for someone that may be experiencing this. And, you know, maybe this is part of their solution. Maybe listening to me makes them move on to whatever solution is best for them. Maybe it's walking their dog, getting a little more exercise. Keep searching for that solution because... I think it's out there for everyone. It's just a matter of whether the person is ready to start listening to some solutions or maybe implementing some solutions out there because for whatever ails you, and there are a lot of things that creep into people's lives as we get a little bit older, whether it's pain or other challenges in your life, I believe that just keep searching, reading talking with family members. I mean, it really helps if a person has a very supportive family. In my case, that was a great help. But even if a person doesn't have extended family or close family they can tap into, I think there are other resources such as a doctor or a therapist. My psychologist, I think, was probably the biggest key to this puzzle and there was never a time when she said, well, you know what, you really need to get to zero. You really need to get off this medication. Because I think when um, anyone says that to a person, you think about maybe uh, a relative who would smoke. When people keep telling them, hey, you need to quit. You really need to stop. What they really need to do is come to that own conclusion with their own experiences rather than other folks telling them what they need to do. When you can slowly come to this conclusion of whatever you need to do on your own, with education, with listening to other family members, other experts, it makes the solution much easier. Since I've gone to zero, my life has changed in a very big way. 
probably within less than a year, I can't remember exactly how many months I got to zero. I lost my job. I worked for the provincial government for many, many years. I did lose my job, and I can't say if it's related to opioids or not, because at the same time, the government agency I was working for was privatizing. So we knew that folks in our department were going to lose their jobs. And so I was one of them. And at the time, I was very angry. It took me a long time to realize that this was a good thing. This was a good opportunity for me. And my opportunity was to speak about what I've learned and, you know, what has happened to me. So I took my severance package and, you know, I'm in the process of writing a book and I speak to policymakers within Ontario that will listen. And I speak to other agencies that are interested in this because I want to try and help with a little bit of the solution for this opioid crisis. Pain is a very complicated thing and it's a very personal thing. But what I continue to read about within our province and within our world is that people continue to die from opioids. So I'm trying to move the needle just a little bit with my story and my solutions that maybe these positive experiences from patients should be magnified and talked about a little bit more to motivate and to educate both doctors and patients. When I was on the CBC show White Co Black Art in November 2017, I kept getting random emails from people across our country stating that, hey, what was your solution? What did you do? What was your secret? So I was surprised about that. I was surprised these strangers I didn't know. And it wasn't just one person. There was quite a few people that were reaching out to me and they were saying stuff like, you motivated me uh, to continue to taper or to consider tapering as an opportunity. So both surprised, but also understanding that I think a lot of folks out there are looking for solutions if they're ready. And it's really coming up to that point of when are you ready? When you're ready to potentially take down your medication a little bit or whatever your solution needs to be to make your overall life better. Because what I could say, I was quite a high dose of opioids and it was interfering with many, many different parts of my life. And it happened so quickly that you don't even know you're there until you're off the medication for quite a long period of time where your personality is back, your motivation is back, you can get a good night's sleep, and you're not a walking zombie. Because as much as I could function on the medication, looking back on it, it's very, uh, very impairing. You're impaired. But as I said earlier, rather, it's uh, happened so gradually that you barely know what's happening. So I'm really looking forward to continuing to spread this word that helping people with these types of challenges with pain, it is possible. It's amazing how many people out there want to help and, you know, maybe want to switch up what they're doing. But it's really an overall realization of, hey, maybe there's a better solution. Problematic opioid use is devastating Canadian lives. The numbers are tragic and staggering. These are the stories behind the numbers. This crisis has a face. It is the face of a friend, a co-worker, a family member. Meeting those eyes and seeing our own reflection is the first step toward ending the stigma 
that often prevents people who use drugs from receiving help. To learn more about the opioid crisis, visit canada.ca opioids. This audio series is a production of Health Canada. The opinions expressed and language used by individuals on this program are those of the individuals and not those of Health Canada. Health Canada has not validated the accuracy of any statements made by the individuals on this program. Reproduction of this material, in whole or in part, for non-commercial purposes is permitted under the standard terms of use for Government of Canada digital content. <laughs>